Welcome to the Be Real, Get Real podcast from Women's Prosperity Network. Real women sharing real stories about their ups, their downs, their journey, and their transformations. Through these stories, we'll explore what it takes to have the courage to speak your truth, follow your passion, and be the change you want to see in the world. And now, let's get started with today's show. And welcome to the Be Real, Get Real podcast. It's Nancy Matthews with Women's Prosperity Network, bringing you real stories of real women who are making a difference in their lives, making a difference in other lives, and having fun while they do it, because life should be fun. And today's guest is absolutely fun. I am honored to introduce you to Christine Blasdale, and she is an amazing woman that I can't wait to introduce you to. So thank you for being with us today, first of all, Christine. That's my absolute pleasure. I'm I'm so excited to be with you too. Yeah, Uh, it's it's so fun. And I can't wait to share your story today. We're going to be talking with Christine about, get a load of this, how I flunked kindergarten, but got a master's degree in life. So today's going to be a great conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about her background and then we'll dive in. Christine Blasdale is an Amazon number one international bestselling author, a public speaker, podcast and business coach, multi-million dollar fundraiser and a product and brand enhancer. In other words, you need her. Yes, I am so grateful that we met. So her recent book is your amazing itty bitty podcast book, the top 15 reasons why you need to tap into the power and profits. Very good. Hey, is that Susie? I got distracted. Sorry. Susie Pruden. I know Susie. Yeah. Um, So this book, you want to grab it. It's on Amazon. Uh, Became an Amazon bestseller in both the United States and Australia. She is also an award-winning radio personality and host of the podcast show Out of the Box with Christine. You definitely want to listen to her episodes. You will be educated, enlightened, and entertained. So definitely tune in. And welcome, Christine. Wow. Thank you so much, Nancy. I think you're going to be my, my next, my, my publicist, I think. <laughs> well, it's easy with someone like you who has done so much. So thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's talk a little bit about you flunked kindergarten. Really? Okay. Well, you can't really <laughs> flunk kindergarten, but, but I mean, that, that that's basically what it was. Um, when I was little, <laughs> the teachers convinced they had a conversation with my parents and they said, we really think Christine needs to repeat kindergarten. And my parents are like, what, (laughs) what's wrong with our daughter? Is that a thing? I didn't even know that was a thing, right? Yeah. Well, they, they said that because I didn't, it's, it's not that I didn't like children, but I didn't connect with them. Mm. I was, my parents divorced when I was actually two and so for the first two to three years, I was actually surrounded by a lot of adults. I didn't have a lot of children around. I wasn't um, surrounded by children. So I, I communicated with adults. I had full on conversations with teachers. My dad was a teacher and at a school in Los Angeles called Montclair Prep. These were really wonderful teachers who embraced me. I became kind of the school mascot before I went to kindergarten. And so I was surrounded by teachers, you know, professors, high school students, my, my grandmother. And so when, I, when they put me into kindergarten, I was like, 
who are these creatures? They talk like gaga you know. And and so they just said, you know, we need to, I think we need to keep her back so that she can socialize a little bit better. And the the whole thing about that was actually it gave me an opportunity to really come into my own and to child a little bit so to speak but that's yeah I, I basically flunked kindergarten <laughs> well and, that, that is amazing and isn't it interesting how when we are you know raised in a certain environment whatever it is we're we're socialized we're culturalized in that way and if we think about you know the landscape of conversations that have been going on especially here in the U.S. over the last you know thankfully bigger conversations are happening over the last six months, eight months, um, being able to learn a new way, adapt. And and I like how you said you gave yourself like this space to grow into your own, to really see how you could interplay with these creatures that you didn't (laughs) argue kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because the, because I, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really relate. I, di- I couldn't really relate. Here I was like four and five, you know, five years old, really feeling like a 50 year old woman. I mean, you know, like having full on philosophical conversations with, with adults. So it did allow me to, to have that. And, and it really is a metaphor for my, my whole life where things I've realized that sometimes you don't get to where you want to be or you think you should be you don't get to get there right away or in your timing but when you look at it when you pull back and you look at it it's exact it's exactly what you needed it's exactly what needed to happen it's exactly what created what made me who I am today all of those things all those little setbacks so to speak um you know two years was it a year and a half ago I broke my leg in two places and I was raring to go. I, my, my wife is here in Australia. I was in America. I was going back and forth. Um, I had, you know, lots of clients. I was doing speaking engagements. And then all of a sudden this thing happened where literally, you know, my leg snapped in half. Well, it really, it put me in a position where I couldn't do anything. And well, of you course, the, do all the things you had planned. I couldn't do the things that I had planned, all this beautiful, amazing year that I had planned, right? But what it taught me is how to receive because I was always the one who was giving. I was always the one who was helping out and ma- fixing things, right? But this, this thing that happened to me, it actually allowed me the opportunity to receive, to receive help from other people, which I wasn't used to. So it was a great learning experience actually. And also the, the mind working on the mind and pain uh, relationship. I got really good at that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And you, what I, one of the things I love that you're sharing in both of these uh, scenarios is this um, duality concept that's come up, like I'm going, 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 doing, doing, doing. And then I learned, so I'm giving, 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 and then I learned how to receive. And if I think back to your story about kindergarten, I was adulting and then I learned how to be childlike again. And and I, we need all of those experiences, don't we? Oh, yes. Well, and, and it's not so much, I mean, it is what happens to us in life, but it's how we react to it and how we adapt. I, I tell my clients, especially the ones 
a lot of people have been devastated with this with COVID and either health-wise or their family, their loved ones, but really financially. Uh, people's businesses, their brick and mortar businesses have gone under. Uh, they're not making that money. And so I really try and talk to my clients about adapting and also you know, going for those things that they're, they're really good at, that it's easy for them to do. Then also being like Neo in the matrix, you know, when that's how I always envision myself, when something happens, when something's coming at me, I pretend like I'm Neo in the matrix. And I literally like bend backwards, you know, letting, letting the stuff go by, but it's being flexible and being adaptive, uh, adaptable to situations that, really it keeps you going in a, in a healthy way, both physically and mentally. And that's what's, that's what I try and teach the people that I work with as much as possible, that adaptability. Yeah. And, and that I believe is the key to success more than lucky breaks and being born with money and, you know, things of those nature, because things are always going to change. Like right now, you know, we're dealing with this pandemic. Um, 12 years ago, we were dealing with a financial crisis. You know, next year, who knows what it's going to be, but who we're going to be in that process. And it sounds like that's kind of the, the place that you guide and coach people from is how to, how to be adaptable. And what I also heard is, you know, do, do the things that you're really good at and that you enjoy. Cause it's not, it's not a, you know, happenstance that you might love uh, gardening. How, what can you do with gardening? Maybe you can teach people how to create gardens and, you know, do an online thing. There's a lot. There's so much to do, right? And, and I think that I know for me, I grew up wanting to be a lawyer and came really, really close, but did, did not go down that path. So I was saved from it, I do believe. Um, but like I went that straight and narrow, go to school, go to college, get a degree, go into a profession that's going to, you know, I, I like the law, I still do. Um, but when I was in that business, I was very good at it. I was very successful, but it didn't light me up. Like there were times it did. But like, and you probably feel this as well. And the work that we get to do now being with people and with people who are wanting to live their highest potential like oh my gosh how great is that it's like heaven <laughs> yes it is yeah no and 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 that's the thing too is that when you are doing something that you enjoy and that, you know that you're good at and that you really enjoy it's not work it's, it doesn't feel like work it feels easy and that's what i try I always try and work with my clients i say don't go for the don't go for the money but, but go for the passion. What is it that you love? What is it that you love to do? And they'll come back and they said, well, okay, I, I love drumming, but, and I, and I'm a great drummer, but nobody wants, I'm like, are you kidding? Now with, with COVID it's forced us to not only come within and, and upskill, right. Mm -hmm. But like it's that. also, it's allowed us the ability to reach an international audience. Mm -hmm. So if you were just someone who was teaching, you know, kids to drum in, let's say Los Angeles or, you know, a part of Los Angeles, because Los Angeles is huge. And you were just doing that in a brick and mortar place. Now you have the ability with YouTube and podcasting and you and, and Facebook lives 
to reach a much wider audience. And you could be tutoring, you know, a young girl in Singapore and another one in Absolutely. the UK. So you just opened up your audience and there's always an audience. This is something I try to drive home to people, no matter what it is that you are an expert in, no matter what it is that you're passionate about, there is always an audience for what you do. I love, I love that you said that there is always an audience. So now I'm going to hone in and ask some advice for, for myself and for our sure. listeners. So <laughs> sure. if there's always an audience, how do you find your audience? Ah, well, that's that, that's that saying of build it and they will come. Um, really, first of all, it's just, it's diving into the material. It's doing what you're passionate about, focusing in on that and not yet doing the marketing and, and how to reach people. Uh, one thing I'm an intuitive. And so when I do uh, sessions with uh, coaching sessions or strategy sessions with my clients, my, my intuition kicks up. And so I'll actually see something. They'll be saying, you know, this is what I love to do. This is what I have been doing. And I'll either see a book or uh, like a YouTube channel or networking opportunities for them. And really it's about getting into the passion because once you get into it, once you start saying, okay, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to create this business. I'm going to be a coach or a consultant. And you start building that. Then the people, that energy, those, those opportunities, they will come when you're in your path, when you're in your passion, that's when the opportunities come. Yes. Of course it helps to be part of women's prosperity network and different groups on Facebook that helps, but it really comes from your passion and it's kind of a weird mystical thing. It, it it really is. Once you're passionate and you're doing the work, opportunities will come. I know. And I'm, I'm getting goosebumps as we sit here and have this conversation. It's, it, it's about resonance. So if we use analogies to music, right? You can, Everything is energy. Right? Yes. You know, if you hear, the, 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 it's not together. And then people are repelled if, if there's dissonance, right? But when, when you really do tune in to your, your, what you're here for and you can get guidance, I'm sure you would agree with this, you get guidance to what you're here for by what makes you happy, what yes. of your spirit. Like we're not meant to suffer and drudge and drudge, right? No. And then after you've tapped into that and you, and here's the thing, it doesn't have to be just one thing. A lot, it's, it's like, so when, when kids, when you graduate high school, people say, I need to go to college and I need to become a doctor or I need to become an, you know, it doesn't have to be just that one thing, but it should be the thing that brings you the most joy that sparks that joy. And then when you tap into that and you know, you're like, oh my gosh, when I'm doing this, I feel really good. I'm not tired at the end of eight hours of doing this, yeah. then you can work on ways to let other people know. And what, what I do is I teach people how to get their message, either their entertainment, education, inspiration, motivation, whatever it is that they do to get that out into the world through podcasting mm -hmm. and through YouTube, because, because as, you, as you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And it's owned by the first largest search engine in the world, Google. So no, nobody is, you know, people are not really watching television that much anymore. They're not turning on their radios. They're going to YouTube. They're seeking information on YouTube. If it's entertainment, if it's education or it's inspiration, 
uh, motivation, they're going to YouTube and doing those searches. And that's where you can be found. And just, just getting comfortable, like what we're doing right now, getting comfortable being on camera is really important. But if you're not out there, if you're in your mom's basement (laughs) and you're not out in the world through YouTube or podcasting, people aren't going to know about you. So that's the next step after finding that thing that you're passionate about. The next step is just getting comfortable with putting yourself out in the world and saying, Hey, this is what I do. You know, I, I know people that, that are, you know, amazing, amazing mechanics. And they're like, well, how are people, why would people be interested in, you know, mechanics, especially female mechanics? It's like, are you kidding? You can get a YouTube channel and just say, this is how you change your carburetor. I don't, I don't know anything about cars really. This is how you, this is how you change. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a YouTube video on how to change a tire. That would get like a million views. So, and, and here's the other thing. I love that you're teaching this because we hear get a YouTube channel, get a podcast, but what the heck do you do with it once you have it? And, and so I'm grateful that you're actually teaching the nuts and bolts of how to use it and what to do with it. Cause I've seen lots of people start, but then flounder cause they don't know what to do once they have it. Right. So that, that's what happens with people who they're, they want to have a podcast show, but that the reasons aren't, that's the other thing is before I start with anybody, it's like, I ask them, why do you want a podcast show? Right. Why is it just because everybody's doing it and oh my God, they're hot right now. Mm-hmm. Or is it, I just want to have a platform so I can talk about what I like that you're not going to, you're only maybe you and your close family members are going to listen or watch if it's on YouTube. But if it's something that a wider audience can appreciate, or even a niche audience can appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's podcast shows that are there's The theme, the, the genre is wrestling. Oh, they're huge. They're hugely popular. True crime, hugely popular. Yeah. So it just depends on really on what, on focusing in on it and also not making the podcast or the YouTube channel just about you, unless you're a celebrity, unless you're like, you know, Paris Hilton or something, really you, you need to offer your listeners and your viewers some, something that they can hold on to. Some variety. Um, And we can talk about that probably on another show as well. And here's the thing, because I started going into when you have a podcast show or YouTube channel and you're interviewing other people. And I've been interviewing other people for 13 years. Like I love to shine the light on other people and share all the amazingness that's happening in people's lives and how you can overcome. And we need a a variety of voices, right? If if all they do is just listen to me, there's a whole bunch of people who aren't gonna like me and miss out on the powerful message behind it, right? Exactly. You're really good. By the way, I just want to say, cause I, I know you're going to finish your sentence, but I was just going to say as a producer and as a coach, you are really good at doing interviews. You're excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I should be after 13 years. <laughs> it's like, if I wasn't good at this and didn't enjoy it, I'd, you'd be going, <laughs> you want to look at something else. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? It'll come back to me in just the right time. Oh, yes, I knew it would. So I watch YouTube. I read books and I journal in the morning. It's part of my practice. And then I open up on my iPad and I look for something on YouTube that's inspirational or one of the spiritual teachers that I've worked with. 
And here's what's fascinating about the human condition, at least my human condition. I look for something that's five to 10 minutes because I just want something short, but then I watch five of them, <laughs> right? So that's yes. part of what happens with the content. So speak to that just a little bit. I know we're going yes. a little over what uh, what we were going to originally do, but I'm having a good time. And hopefully- that's okay. And you can always have me back. I have no problem with that. All right, perfect. Um, no, you've touched on something that's very important. The human uh, attention span has shrunk. And that's because we're overloaded with information. Unlike any other time in history, we're, we're getting information coming at us at all directions all the time, right? And we're overstimulated as well. That said, we do crave information and entertainment and educate. We, we crave that, that feed. It's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a hit. That said though, is our attention span is getting shorter. So those five minute videos, podcast shows, those are actually becoming more and more popular because people can go, I can commit to that. I can commit to three minutes or five minutes. I can't commit to an hour. Even if it sounds like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, I don't think I can commit to that. And you'll see on statistics, people will drop off. It'll be a certain amount of minutes and then they drop off, right? Oh, you know, the doorbell's ringing up, oh, oh, you know, I got it. I got a text from somebody. Um, so that's why I encourage people to do the micro podcasts. And uh, I have a micro podcast on micro podcasts. And it's basically just telling people, keep it short, go right to it. And you'll get a lot more attention that way. And people can share them easily as well on social media because it it's five minutes or less. And so it's easy for people to share it. Right. And yeah. if I get a friend that sends me, oh my gosh, this was so good. And, it, and I'm looking at my phone and it's an hour long. I'm like, oh, thanks. But I don't have time. <laughs> Maybe it's some other time, right? Maybe I'll, I'll save, I'll save it and look at it later. But when it's short like that, then, you know, if it's a few minutes, usually people have the ability to spend five minutes. That's when I post something that's a micro podcast, I'll even say, do you have five, you know, got five minutes, mm-hmm. then watch this. Yeah. Fantastic. I do uh, meditations and I do the micros of five to six minute meditations because my attention span is pretty short. So, you know, little bite-sized pieces. And if we can consistently, here's, here's the thing that I suspect we're aligned in. If we can consistently both consume and share these micro, to use your word, micro drops, of positivity, ways to advance, ways to improve. If we're, I, I'd rather have many of those sprinkled throughout my day than just yeah. sit down for an hour. It actually raises the energy level all throughout the day. So if we could look at it that way, there's a benefit. And and the, and, the, and it helps spark those short ones. Um, if it's tips, and this is the other thing, yeah, we're talking directly to the audience now. If you're an expert in something, you can easily do a three minute, a four minute video with a tip. So if you're, if you're into social media, do a three minute or four minute video uh, with a tip on social media. I mean, there's, there's thousands of different tips, different ideas, but when you're doing those shorties and putting it out there that they, people will share it and it's much easier for people to share it and they can get a little bit of information. And if they like your energy, not everybody's going to like, you know, me, not everybody's going to like Nancy, but if they like what they see in those couple minutes, 
then they might be more apt to connect with you, contact you and say, Hey, you know, I need a social, I need somebody to take, take care of my social media for my business, or I need a coach. I need somebody that I want to work with, but those little bits, you'll get more attention that way. Much more. Absolutely. Love that tip. And uh, that ties back to kind of where we started today was doing kindergarten twice allowed you to come more into alignment with, you know, the whole of yourself, right? And, and when you share a tip from a place of being, you know, clear, aligned, excited about what you're sharing and also having developed your skill around it, you know, so I can really, you know, I like painting, but I don't have skill around it. I like singing, but I don't have skill around it. I'm really bad. Nobody's going to pay me for singing just yet. I'm taking singing <laughs> lessons, taking guitar lessons, you know, but that's part of it. It's like, find what you love. And you said that, and then really delve into it so that when you show up on a podcast, on an interview, on a stage, wherever it is, that resonance will be there for the right people that you're meant to serve and work with. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And think outside the box. I mean, my, my, my podcast show is called out of the box with Christine, right? Think yeah. outside of the box, think outside of your community, outside of your state, outside of your you know, country, think outside of that because th th again, there are millions and millions of people that need and crave and they, they, they really, are a match for you. You just don't know them yet, but always whatever you're putting out there in the world. And I just had a conversation with somebody the other day. This is a great tip. I'll give this to you real quick. So I know we're running over when you're doing a podcast show or a video. Uh, if it's on Facebook live, or if it's on YouTube, imagine the person that you really admire in life. Uh, maybe it's a, a celebrity, maybe it's a, um, uh, an author, maybe it's, you know, just someone that you, maybe it's a singer, maybe it's a singer, right? Maybe it's somebody that, oh my God, I love their work. I love them. I love them. Imagine that person watching you or listening to your show. When you do that, first of all, you come up a notch because you're like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm delivering to, yeah. Bruce, yes. Bruce Springsteen. You know, <laughs> some famous person is this person that I admire and I really respect is listening to me. That's really important because you up your game and because you do, you never know who's listening to you. I found out many years ago, I wrote a, I wrote, remember AOL America online. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the internet back then. And I had a wonderful opportunity to, I wrote a column called the daily fix in the entertainment channel and it was celebrity um oh gossip and entertainment you know movie reviews and things like that but i wrote through a cartoon character called beatbox betty so it wasn't really christine it was this cartoon character mm -hmm. and i wrote very campy vampy saucy way of writing that's how i wrote well i never got any i didn't get feedback from the listeners i mean from the readers very much my editor said everything's fine so about towards the end of my time with AOL, I remember being at a restaurant and I saw Lily Tomlin and her, her partner, Jane Wagner, uh, having dinner. And I was sitting there and I am such a huge Lily Tomlin fan. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a Lily Tomlin. Oh my gosh. And my friend's like, go, go say hi. I said, that's rude. No, I won't do that. Yeah, go, go. Uh, okay. So I went. 
and I introduced myself. I said, hi, Lily. Hi, Jane. I, I just want to say, I'm just, you know, such a huge fan. And well, she said, what's your name? And I said, well, it's, it's Christine, but I am also known as beatbox Betty. She said, she stopped. She put her fork down and looked at Jane. She goes, Jane. Oh my God. That's beatbox Betty. She looked at me. She goes, you're so funny. I said, what? I thought I was being punked. I thought it was like, you, you've read? She goes, oh yeah, we read your column all the time. Fantastic, you never know. You never, never know. So literally when you're doing something, you're writing a book or, or a page in a book or you're posting something, imagine that person that you admire, that you respect is looking at it or watching you. And because yeah, you never know, you never know. That was the perfect wrap to a delightful, fun, energetic interview with Christine. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank and, you, Nancy. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. And I definitely would love to have you back. Uh, I see this as the beginning of many great conversations to support you know, all of us in getting out there and, and doing what we're here to do, to bring yourself joy, to bring others joy, and uh, have some fun along the way. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so go to Christine's website. It's christineblasdale.com. And you can check out her podcast, Out of the Box with Christine. You will enjoy that as well. Any final thoughts for our audience before we wrap today? Oh, I just I just want to encourage, if, if they felt those goosebumps, that's how I work. If I get goosebumps, um, the hair on my neck, uh, those little tinglies, that's a message from the universe, from your soul, your deeper soul. That's a message saying that, yes, you need to, to, to jump on it. You need to, to take action. So if you're feeling any, if you felt any of those goosebumps during this conversation, um, I hope that you reach out to me. I hope that you go for your passion, I, whatever it is. I hope you step into that next level and take it to fruition because the world really needs you. The world really needs healers right now. And I don't mean just healers like someone, you know, with hands-on healing. I mean, healers, humorists, um, lovers of humanity. We need to, we really need to get those healers out into the world. And so if it's through podcasting or YouTube or writing a book um, or sharing your wisdom with your community, please do it. And again, yeah, you can reach out to me at christineblasdale.com. Um, I'd love to also offer any uh, members, anybody who's watching this, if you'd like to have a free uh, strategy session, I would be honored to, to help guide you. It's complimentary and they just have to contact me at the website and, and I'll set that up for them. Thank you for that generous offer and invitation. You're welcome. Awesome. You're welcome. Oh, all right. Well, this has been the Be Real, Get Real podcast. A pleasure to be with you today. Get out there, be real, be yourself, get real with whatever your next steps are. And that's how you're going to get some real results. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Bye, Christine. Thank you bye, for darling. joining us bye. on the Be Real, bye, Get Real podcast from Women's Prosperity Network, the place where impact-driven women shine as they make a positive difference for their families, their communities, and the world at large. Be sure to visit womensprosperitynetwork.com to tap into the power, resources, and connections this extraordinary community provides. That's it for today. I'm your host, Nancy Matthews, and until next time, make it a magical day.